What is up, Freedom Chasers? Want to grow your business to six figures without a ton of money on ads? Our guest today has generated over 700 borrower leads without any ad spend. And we're gonna show you exactly how to do that. Welcome to the Freedom Chasers Six Figure Strategies Podcast. If you're an agent or an investor yet to hit six figures, this is the show for you. We take a deep dive into strategies to help you achieve the goal of six figures so that you can grow up to seven figures eventually. You wanna get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly Then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us and let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. All right, I'm here with Logan Ricchetti. He is a highly successful and accomplished businessman who is the principal owner of Modern Realty, a thriving real estate brokerage located in Midland, Michigan. With a team of over 50 agents, the company completed almost 900 transactions last year with a total gross sales number over 180 million. In addition to his role at Modern Realty, Ricchetti also owns Finley Capital, a private lending company that has completed over 150 hard money loans in the past two years. Logan. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. We'd love to just jump right into it. So let's talk about these 700 borrower leads that you generated without any ad spend. Well, right out of the gate, I got connected to a couple of people down in South Bend, Indiana that were doing hard money loans. They were looking for hard money loans. I, I became their supplier. And before long, I got networked right into their real estate investor group online. And that was really powerful for me. They have a little group down there. I started... Uh, I became a member. I started interacting with people in that group. And then before long, I was starting to get referred by borrowers in that group to other hard money lenders. And anytime that happened, I made sure I did a couple of things right away. I added, I added the guy or gal on Facebook. I sent them a direct message. And then anytime I could get their email account, I tried to get their email address and put it right into my CRM to start keeping in touch with them right away. And that was powerful. Just, just that simple strategy alone has got me, uh, got, gotten the ball rolling per se. Absolutely. So you're leaning heavily into networking for your lead flow then, if I'm following correctly. Yeah, 100%. The, uh, the borrowers, the hard money loan borrowers in this space, they like to refer their friends and family. And it's so difficult to find a qualified, competent, honest and trustworthy hard money lender that when any, whenever anybody actually does, they want to share it with their friends and family. So, of course, we ask for that a lot. We make sure that we're constantly asking for our clients and our leads to refer us to others. But one of the biggest ways to just stay top of mind with these people inside of these groups is to post a lot, to answer a lot of questions. Obviously, they always say lead with value, if you will. But I always like to be uh, answering questions and helping people. But another thing that I do a lot across all the platforms that I'm on is I interact in the comments with um, applause and congratulations and, and, and lifting people up and congratulating people and trying to encourage people as they're going through their journeys because it means a lot to somebody when they see a lender on their on their page or on their feed telling them they did a great job on a flip. I like to share those flips and, and highlight other, I call them fin funded flips. So anytime one of my borrowers completes a flip, I always try to highlight that on my social media page, which gives them some extra exposure. And of course that, that re reiterates the idea that other people should be using us for their loans. So it's kind of a win-win scenario. That's a great strategy because it's a good way, as you mentioned, you're, you're strong on networking. So you're, what you're doing here is you're actually building a foundational relationship and you're growing the relationship. As you pump other people up, they're more likely to use you again, number one, and they're more likely to recommend you. So cool, man. So what other strategies are you using to find these borrower leads for private money? 
Well, at this point, I got a couple different ways. Uh, you know, I've just started to, to tap into paid ads, but really we built, we built our real estate brokerage in 2015 with no marketing budget. And the reason that we did it that way was because I always felt that a home buyer and a home seller, they make their decision who to work with as a, you know, for their real estate agent based on who they know or who somebody they trust knows. So direct sphere of influence and referrals. Okay. So we built a, an entire marketing plan that we scaled to over 50 agents in that brokerage based around helping the individual agent or, or the hard money lender lead, you know, whatever it is, grow their network and build inbound referrals from database marketing from referral based and nurturing their their existing database. A lot of people take that for granted and they don't realize how valuable and important it is to build and grow your network and then to nurture them systematically and genuinely. Uh, so for example, our real estate brokerage sends out 30,000 emails every other week to the entire database. So two emails a month go out to the entire database from each agent or from each lender. So that's 24 touches right there. We do a party, we do a, 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 thank, you know, a birthday party that 600, 700 people show up to every year at the office. It's a five figure budget party. We got a you know, sponsored band and, and uh, it's catered and everything's free and there's bounce house and you know all that fun stuff, makeup artists and all those things. And then every year we do a holiday giveaway, pie giveaway. So all our clients come into the office and they grab a holiday pie. So the things like this that we do are, are, are geared towards trying to make everybody that's in our network feel special, make them feel like we love them and that they're important to us. And that what that does, other than creates goodwill, is it creates top of mind awareness for us and it keeps us at the top of their mind. Uh, we also do other things like we call pop buys, reach outs, handwritten letters. Pop buys are a big one. And one of the things that I'm doing, I'm always doing this right now, is I'm sending letters, thank you letters to all the borrowers that borrowed money from Finley Capital this year. They're getting a handwritten letter. Inside that letter, they're getting a little bag, a little black bag that says from your from your favorite hard money lender. In that bag, there's a pair of Finley Capital socks. Okay, so these guys, everybody invested money with Finley Capital, and everybody that borrowed money with Finley Capital this year, in the mail the next couple of days is gonna get a package with a little love in it. Okay, and it's silly, you know, it's just a pair of socks and all that, but. A handwritten letter, pair of socks. I'm going to do that once a quarter. So four times a year, everybody, like I said, that's a that's an investor with Finley Capital or a borrower, they're going to feel special and they're going to feel valued and appreciated. Now, that's not totally free. There's a little bit of cost to that, but marginally, it's you know, it's it's pennies considered you know compared to what it does in terms of retention, growth, uh, referrals, and all those things. So nurturing those you know 700 borrower leads, one or 200 investor leads, nurturing that group of a thousand people is all I have to do. And I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to go out and spend tens of thousands of dollars to generate, you know, funnels and ad campaigns and, and Google ads and all these things to generate a bunch of strangers that I don't know or like or trust or that don't know, like, or trust me. Instead, I can just work on growing the, uh, the existing network of people that, that I do like, know, like, and trust and that know, like, and trust me. All you got to do to grow a successful business. I really believe that. I've always believed that. Now, a lot of people think I'm wrong. And a lot of people, especially in the real estate sales industry, say you got to be doing lead. You got to be doing arbitrage and that thing. I've done Zillow leads and Zillow leads work. You know, you buy the lead, you generate a relationship. And that that relationship is what what's worth 10 sales, not the lead, right? The lead yeah. gets you one shot. Hopefully you convert it and make a sale. And that's great. But in our company, what happens is when we get a sale, we get 10 or 15 sales over the next five or 10 years because of that nurturing and, and top of mind awareness and taking care of those people later. So there's no right or wrong way to do lead generation, lead cult cultivation. But I think what's really important is nurturing your existing database systematically over the long term and doing it in such a way that it feels good to the people. We are in the service industry, right? So, and it's so important 
to get into your database and follow up with them consistently because that's where the referrals come from. Otherwise, you're since simply chasing transaction after transaction forever because, you know, you sell a house, people aren't necessarily going to buy another house for five to seven years. So even if you get that person again, you're five to seven years away from a repeat business there. So what you're doing is you're building the relationship. The foundation is much stronger and that leads to more referral business. So I'm assuming when you get a new agent, do you often have them start off working their sphere then? Always. The first thing I asked an agent to do, in fact, before I'll hire an agent at this point, I asked them to bring in a hundred emails into a database and that, that kind of weeds them out right away. If they can't get a hundred emails together, they're going to have a really hard time being successful in, in with us because that's where that's where we're going to spend our attention. But if I have an agent that just moved in from out of town or they just don't have a big network, one of the things that we do, we call referral partnerships. And this is a really great strategy for anybody in any business that wants to grow more inbound leads. And it goes like this. There's a couple ways to do it. But in the real estate industry, for example, um, what I would like to do is I'd have a new agent or any agent go meet with three lenders and say, here's the deal, Mr. Lender, Mrs. Lender, I'm a real estate agent. I generate buyer leads all the time. I promise you that in the next three months, I'm going to send you at least one referral. So I'm going to send you four referrals this year, at least ideally two, two per quarter. Let's say two per quarter. That's eight referrals per year. Now I know as a real estate agent, I can generate that many buyer leads if I'm working full time. So what I'm going to do is every quarter, I'm going to, I'm going to refer each one of those lenders to each one of those borrowers. Okay. So now I'm getting out, you know, two referrals per quarter per lender outbound. And of course, one out of the three of those is winning. But either way, I'm doing my part. And all I ask in return from the lenders is to try to reciprocate once a quarter, once a year. So if you do two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight referrals outbound to a lender in a year and you stay top of mind with that lender and you go visit that lender once a month and you drop off a little muffin and a little, you know, a little smiley face or a heart. If you do that for 12 months and you pick the right partner, you're going to get a deal back. It's just that simple. Okay. If for no other reason that lender is going to, going to want to reciprocate because you've been dropping leads in their lap all year long. And you can scale that across two or three or even four lenders. You can do that same thing with your landscapers, same thing with your title companies, same thing with your insurance companies. Every You can vertically integrate your whole transaction and refer it out the whole time. Um, so from one lead or one, one life cycle for a buyer or a seller, you can, you can generate five or six or seven or even 10 or 15 or 20 outbound referrals if you're leveraging the client right. And of course, by the way, the client is benefiting from these referrals because they need these vendors, right? And you're sending them to great people. You're making good decisions and da, 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 da. But the beauty of this is your actions that you're already taking on a day-to-day -day basis, running a client through the life cycle can be leveraged to generate huge volumes of outbound referrals, which eventually are going to reciprocate back to you. It's a big deal. Tremendous answer. I love it. And, and you mentioned before the call that you might get fired up, man, and I could kind of feel it already. So <laughs> I'm going to lean into it, bro. Um, so I think this is not taught enough. So, you know, every one of us, real estate agents, the lenders are calling us all the time, inviting us out for coffee and things of that nature all the time. But realtors don't tend to go business to business. Um, and you're so right. Like it is so much better of a strategy because if you get a lender, I mean, if you get one rock star lender, you could probably live off of that guy forever. I mean, that's how they teach lenders to go get business anyways. That's why they're calling us all the time. It's like, you only need one agent. Um, <laughs> so what made you different? Like, why did you see this opportunity and most people for some reason are neglecting it? I had no choice. I had to make a living. And um, I started I started at the age of 26 where I was 
too stupid to know any better, you know, to be scared or nervous. I just went for it. But what I realized quickly was, you know, I, my database had five or six emails in it and I grew it slowly. And now I have 900 emails in my email database. But what happened was to me was I, I recognized very quickly that inbound referrals were the easiest to convert. So, so why am I focusing on buying leads or getting cold leads or generating leads from sources that I don't know these people and they don't know me? There's this huge gap between the trust. Okay. But if, if you refer me to somebody that you trust, I already trust that person, or at least I'm on the path to trusting them because you do, and I trust you. So I, I don't know, it's not rocket science, but to me, to, to realize that the shortest path from lead to trust is where I wanted to generate the most leads that I can get. So referrals and, and direct referrals from vendors and people I know and love was the best way to do that. And then one of the things that made me different, I don't know why, but I love gifts as a, as a love language outbound, not necessarily inbound, but outbound, I love giving gifts. So anytime I got a referral from a sphere of influence, friend, family member, whatever, I went crazy. I went, I went above and beyond in, in making them feel thankful and, and uh, let, letting them express or feel my gratitude for that referral for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's a nice thing to, when somebody gives you something, you say thank you. But number two, I wanted to condition that behavior. In other words, I want when somebody, if you ever, I had a referral one time that came in and I forgot to say thank you. And I ran into that woman's husband the other day and he said, Hey, you know, uh, my wife sent you a referral. We didn't hear from you. And I was like, oh, you know, that's a mistake there. You don't think about that when you get a referral. You think you focused on the referral and go and get the business. But you got to remember to say thank you and show the gratitude. And then you want to say things like, thank you for the referral. Keep them coming. By the way, I sent you something in the mail. And then, by the way, another thing that I do that people need to do in, this, in these life cycles, every stage of that life cycle, that referring source knows what's going on. So, for example... When we write an offer, first of all, you know, you send me a buyer referral, I'll say, hey, thanks a lot. You know, I really appreciate that. Please keep them coming. I'll do a great job. I won't let you down. But then two days later, when we have a buyer consultation in my office, I'll take a little selfie and I'll send the selfie to you and say, hey, meeting your pal. You know, she's as advertised. She's great. And then two weeks later, when we're writing an offer and it gets accepted, you know, I'm going to send a picture of the contract, you know, the bottom of the contract and say, boom, got Tim a house, baby. Thanks again. You know, and then when we close. Obviously, we're going to do it again. We're going to do a happy homeowner, you know, photo at the office in front of the sign. And we're going to tag that person that did the referral and say, thank you so much, Tim, for referring me to, you know, Chris and Joe or whatever. And um, all the way through the life cycle, whoever did the referring part to in, inbound to me is going to feel special and appreciated and valued. Um, I'm going to put on the anniversary of that home buy or sell. I'm going to put a note, not only to talk to the client, say happy anniversary, but a note to talk to the referring party to say, thank you. Today is the, the one year anniversary of when Tim bought his house, thanks to your referral to me. And so it doesn't cost a dollar to do that. Just got to be organized and really, you know, stay on it. But that's a great way to take prospecting action during the day when you're a real estate agent or you're trying to do hard money loans and you're trying to figure out what to do. Organize your database, organize your dates, and then what I did, another thing that I did was I created a, uh, a list of all the referring parties and I call them raving fans. Okay. So every, so Tim is now, cause you sent me a referral. It doesn't matter if it closes or not, by the way, if you send me a referral, you're automatically a raving fan in my book. Somebody that really, you know, feels highly enough about me to refer to their friends and family. You're on a list now. Okay. So that list on the, you know, you got a column down and then left to right, you have every month, January, February, March, April, May, all the way through the year. And then what I do is I just color in a box on that row for that raving fan. 
every time I touch them or send them something over the course of 12 months. So visually I can see right there in front of the screen when the last time was that I touched him with some kind of special message, either a handwritten letter, usually a reach out or a Popeye gift. And that really helps because then you get the, once you get it organized to nurturing your sphere or nurturing your raving fans, you're empowered to want to do it more consistently. One of the things that I see at my brokerage is at the beginning when a new agent comes in, and, and this is just everybody, it's really hard to empower yourself to consistently take action if it's not organized. So for example, if you start writing postcards and you really get after it one day and you write 15 postcards and you feel great about yourself, but what happens the next day or, or two weeks later is if you don't if you don't track who you sent a postcard to, you're not going to remember. And then you're not going to do it 15 more times. And you're not going to do it 15 times every two weeks all year because you're going to be afraid that you sent a postcard to the same person twice in three weeks. And now you just look, look silly. Um, so it could be very disheartening if you're, if you're not organized. So what I would say to anybody who's trying to prospect for business and not spend a lot of money is, first of all, you got to set up a system. And it doesn't have, it can be any system you want it to be. It doesn't matter exactly what it is. There's no right or wrong formula, but you have to have a system that does a couple things. It's, it centralizes everybody into one spot. So one CRM, one spreadsheet, one, one, I don't care, list on the wall, list on a piece of paper, one system. Ideally, it's a CRM. And then the second thing that it does is it, is it sorts them by some kind of classification. So raving fans, past clients, everybody else, however you want to break them down in segments, up to you. And then the third element of that is you have to have some kind of mechanism that lets you to visually see who you touched and when. Okay. Once you have those three elements in place, you'll be able to sustain a prospecting routine that will allow you over, over a long period of time to be successful. The, the referral partners need to be in there, just like those lenders, those insurance companies, those title companies. In fact, I have those at the top because for me, those are the most direct uh, referring sources and they're the most quantifiable and the easiest to churn through action. So I want to have my three lenders at the top, my three insurance guys right below that, my three, you know, title ladies behind that. And those are the ones that I make sure every month that I'm doing something for, because those are the ones over 12 months that I know are going to have an ROI from referrals. Wait, how many touches are you looking to hit every year or every month? Like, what is your goal? And this is another good question. There's a bunch of different schools of thought. I'm not, I don't, I'm not the ultimate authority, but for me, I've gone simple and I've gone complex and I'm back to simple. So for me, I want to have a very, very simple marketing plan for all my businesses. And it starts with the email touches. So for, for Modern Realty, we do a touch every other week. For Finley Capital, I do a touch every, every week. So one email per week. It's always on Friday afternoon. It's the same time. So people can start, they start to feel it in their inbox. They know it's coming or at least they, they're used to it by then. It's conditioned. So at least one to two emails, uh, or I'd say at least two to four emails a month, period. You have to have those touches. I think once a month is not enough. Once a week arguably is too much, but it depends on what you're trying to do. But one to two emails or two to four emails per month is your baseline. On top of that, I like to do gifts quarterly. So some kind of gesture quarterly. And it can, a gesture can be a handwritten letter. It can be a call. It can be, I like to send gifts in the mail. And the reason I like to do that is for scale. I don't like the idea of dropping off a present or a Popeye at somebody's house because I just don't have time. But I can spend, you know, I'm, I have, I think, 100 gifts, little packs of socks and a little plastic bag ready to go out. And I have some help from my, you know, executive assistant helping me with that, which is nice, too. But so let's say, let's say 24 touches by email, four touches by mail, and then maybe one holiday party or one appreciation get together or two or three or four, whatever. 
and then um, maybe one or two calls a year or texts or whatever. Not too much, but but a baseline of emails added on top of that gifts, I think for me. And then on top of that is maybe one or two special things. And that's all you need. That's enough touches to, to remind people that you love them and that, that you want them to love you back. So I keep thinking of this um, this prospecting sheet that you mentioned before. So like you're coloring things in, like how does that look? And how many raving fans do you have? Because it sounds like this could be kind of compli- complicated rather if it's not really organized well. I'll make, it, I'll make it a deal. I'll make it simple. Let's say you're a third year agent and you want to sell 24 deals a year. Okay. You're, uh, you know, I don't know what your commission is. Your average commission is what? 5,000. That's 120,000, something like that. I mean, that's a pretty good living. All you really need to do is have, let's say three lenders, three insurance companies, three hairdressers. Those are the best. Maybe not hairdressers, but um, three landscapers pick four niches and put two or three people in there. And then the rest can be actual people. Okay. They don't have to be, they don't have to be people that you can give anything to. They can just be raving fans. And all you really have to do to these people is say, Hey, I love you. You love me. Can you please help me with some leads this year? I just want to help friends and family. Can you, can you, can you think of me at some point in the year when you are in a conversation with people that need to buy or sell, can you please just think of me? You follow that up with a little bit more of an aggressive campaign. Maybe every month you send them something nice. And I'm talking, you know, keychains and little, just little fun things that make them laugh, socks and whatnot, uh, little coasters. I like to do branded stuff always. I think some people say unbranded, some people say I like branded because I, I love swag and I love giving people swag. But the point is you don't have to have, you don't have to go 300 people deep. You can have 24 people in the top of your of your chart and you don't even have to touch anybody else all year other than through email and you'll probably get where you need to go you just need to have a targeted plan of people that you really want to focus on that are the right people people that are outgoing that are referral referrals by nature they love doing that kind of thing that's important but to keep it simple and and and, and complexity is is the enemy of of this for sure so I don't know how to make it simpler than a spreadsheet down with left and right, but that's my brain. You, you just do one column, one one column of people, you sort them at the top, and then maybe you pick the top 15 or 20, and then you go real deep on those, and you go a little bit low, gentler on the, on the rest. And I guarantee you, you'll get where you need to go. I just guarantee it. Because one referral partner per year, if you give them four to eight referrals, they're going to give you one back. So if you have 10 of those, you just got 10 of your deals done. You know what I mean? You throw in some open houses and some other strategies and, and then, you know, the, the, the exponential growth occurs. And then next year, by the way, when you have 24 sales that year, you're going to have 48 next year, almost, almost, I would say at least 24 next year, almost just by accident. Because every one of those 24 people now are past clients that they now know you like you and trust you. They can vouch for you. And a lot of those are going to refer you by nature. You're going to get those lucky sales, those lucky leads that we talk about that just come in out of nowhere without any prospecting effort. What drives me nuts as a broker is after a couple of years, most agents start to rely on those lucky sales and they forget what got them there. And they forget what happens when you don't do these this work consistently. So my advice for anybody out there in any kind of sales pipeline business is I don't care how big you get or how successful you get on the on the inbound deals that are easy, that are the you know the lucky ones. Maintain some semblance of a prospecting pipeline because if you don't, it will go down. Now I'm a good example of that. I've I've sold as many as I don't know exactly how much, 
eight or nine or 10 million. I've sold 10 million a year in a market that the average sale price is 150,000. So that's a lot of sales. And I've also brought, I've also, as I've grown the brokerage and become a broker, I've bent that sales thing down. And the way I've spent that down is by stopped prospecting. So for the past three years, I've stopped prospecting to real estate leads and my sale, my personal sales have dwindled down to zero, obviously on purpose. But the point is it happens naturally if you don't maintain a prospecting pipeline. Okay. So on this, now this Finley Capital Pipeline where I'm growing and I'm investing all this energy and effort, I'm doing every single thing that I'm advising you guys right now to do. Everybody's getting an email once a week. All the people that send me referrals are getting treated really well. I'm in those groups all the time. I'm in the in-person groups all the time. I just made a video the other day about how to generate leads from real estate investor networks, uh, networking groups. And that is arguably the best way to do it. You got a group of people who literally just want to buy and sell houses and they need capital. What other room should you be in but that? Um, the difference between me now and maybe me 10 years ago is that me now 39 is not afraid of that room. <laughs> you know, the 29 year old me would have been a little shaky, but the 39 year old version of me goes in and says, Hey, can I sponsor the pizza? You know, Hey, can I get on stage and talk for five minutes about, you know, how Finley Capital is simple, fast, and reliable, and how hard money loans can help leverage your business when you're flipping houses. So that's another thing. When you're prospecting, you got to you got to turn up the brave side of your of your personality and turn down the you know the timid side. You you have to turn it on a little bit because uh, it's very hard for many people to 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 prospect and to be aggressive or to be outgoing in these unusual situations where they don't feel comfortable. But you have to. You have to do it when you do a networking event, which is another thing we do all the time, obviously. And a network networking has now just become like a like a habit, like a, a muscle, a tool. But when you're doing the networking events, you have to be, you know, you have to be specific and you have to be intentional, because otherwise you just go there, you're scared, you don't talk to anybody, you leave, you say you did a networking event, but nothing happened. I did that the other day. I went to a coffee event the other day. I looked around. I talked to a couple people, and I'm like, ah, oh, this is so awkward. I'm out of here, and I bounced. And you know what? Nothing came from that. But I also went to a mastermind event where everybody in the room was talking about hard money. And I, and I pulled some relationships out of there too, because I spent a lot of money to be in that. So all of a sudden I'm not nervous anymore because, you know, you got to get a return on what you're trying to do. So being intentional, being proactive, being brave when you don't want to be brave. These are important elements to prospecting that's going to generate that pipeline that you need. And so I feel like I could go a hundred different directions here, but I think something that you just said that I'm really catching on to is you mentioned the investor Facebook groups. And I think this is something in particular, a lot of agents are missing out on. Obviously you're a private lender. The value for you is right in front of your face, right? These people probably need money or if they don't, they know somebody that needs money um, <laughs> without question, right? But agents, especially right now, I don't know if your market's on the decline like mine is, but like we're down 10% already in the last six months. So who is going to keep buying if the market crashes? Real estate investors are going to keep buying. So who should people be connecting with right now? Real estate investors. And guess what? Facebook has these people grouped up and ready for you to reach out to them. Not very hard to do. <laughs> so um, I just love that you brought that up because... More people need to be doing that. And you mentioned when you're in a Facebook group, you like to comment on people and just provide value. Um, what a great way to start a relationship, right? Especially if somebody's spending a lot of time in these groups. If you're simply just providing value and your profile says you're a private money lender, it's like, who, do, who are they going to call when they're ready to get some private money? The guy that's been helping them for the past six to 12 months, asking for nothing in return. 
Um, so I love that strategy in general. I think more agents should be doing that, especially with the way the market is going right now. So I'm curious because obviously you're a badass real estate agent, man, and you built up this amazing referral network. What got you interested in private money in the first place? Well, I had a chance to lend money to a friend that was down in that South Bend area a couple of years ago. He gave me an opportunity to do that. He asked, you know, on short notice, if he can borrow some money. And I said, sure, buddy, I'm in a position finally to be able to do that. Let me help you with that. So I did it. And then I really enjoyed it because I've, as an investor, I've flipped maybe a hundred houses in my career. I own, you know, several dozen rentals and I've, I've, I've dabbled in all, all phases of real estate investing. But what I like about private lending the most as a broker, especially is that I can be involved in a real estate transaction without doing the day-to-day -day operations of it. So I get to, I get to review a deal, underwrite a deal, underwrite a borrower, help a borrower, mentor a borrower. A lot of times, uh, a lot of the borrowers that work with me, they really enjoy working with me because as a real estate broker with 10 years experience I, and, and 100 deals under my belt, I can look at a deal and ask them questions that they might not have thought of. You know, things like, hey, what happens if this? What, what Did you ever think about this? What about moving this over here, over there? And I don't get too into their deal, but I get to enjoy. I see that, you know, all these deals on, on my board here. I get to, every one of those deals has been like dating partnership, you know, where I get to date these houses for a couple months. And I get to see them, you know, go, go from demo stage all the way to rough mechanicals, all the way to drywall and finishings, and then see them list and sell. And that's amazing. So I get a lot of fulfillment out of the uh, watching the life cycle of a flip or a, or a burr without actually doing the day-to-day -day work. Because when I was doing those flips, I'd be at Lowe's or Home Depot, 30, 40, 50 trips per deal. And just, it got so overwhelming that it started cutting into the rest of my businesses. Now, obviously I love building uh, business infrastructure and things like that too. So building out a real estate lending company is a, it's actually a pretty complex operation and there's a lot of money at stake. So you got to make sure you're doing everything right. You got to have it organized, you got to be able to scale it and things like that. But going back to your other point about the real estate investor groups, if I was a real estate agent and I was trying to get business, I would live in those groups. And this is what I would do. I would, I would do things like this every month. I would, I would post in the group, a monthly market update report. But I wouldn't just take a screenshot of stats from the MLS. I would get on a video and I'd say, hey, guys, in the month of November, South Bend, Indiana had 57 sales. The average sale price was X, which is down 8% from last year. But the good news is Y and Z and A and B. And by the way, another thing that we're looking at, a lot of these investor homes over here in the South area of South Bend are doing this. And, and you know, that new power plant's going on over here. And this is something to watch out for. I would do it in video. These, so many people are afraid of video. And it's it's so disheartening for me when 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 people are afraid to do video because you just got to do it. Look, if you don't want to be on the video, flip the camera around and point to your on your board. Flip it back so everybody knows who you are. And then flip it back again so you're not feeling awkward and uncomfortable. But everybody watching these videos and getting this data, they're gonna like you said earlier, they're gonna be thinking about you and you're gonna be the expert over and over and over consistently consistently is the key. You want to be there all the time. How many times have you seen like a commercial or some kind of advertisement for something that you needed, but then you forgot about it. And then you kept thinking to yourself, man, I hope they, I hope they retarget me because I want to, I want to keep that in mind. I do that all the time. Okay. I, I, sometimes I hope that I get on an email list just so they can remind me enough until I'm ready to do it. And, and, you know, sometimes you get unsubscribed and sometimes people turn you off, but who cares? It doesn't matter. Those people don't matter. The people that matter are the ones that are following you for six months because you're there, you're there, you're there, you're there. All of a sudden they need to sell a house or all of a sudden they got to flip and their other private lender backed out or they want to do a deal, you know, themselves or whatever. Um, you got to stay consistent. So inside of those groups or inside of real, real RIA groups or wherever you want to go, 
it's important to be offering things to people that they want, that they need that help. And look, it's okay to ask for things back, by the way. I believe in you know being valuable and, and, and adding value and all that stuff. But I also believe in being very intentional about what it is that you want in return. So for example, uh, if I post out, if I post a post like that, says, hey, here's the market stats, here's the market report, here's this, here's that. Listen, guys, your next flip, please call me before you get it ready to list it. I will walk through, I'll give you a punch list. I'll give you a couple ideas of what buyers are looking for. And by the way, I'll give you a market analysis to tell you where I think you should price the house because I want to be your agent. I want to be the one that sells your next flip for you and gets that job done and manages that transaction for you and make sure you get top dollar. But more importantly, make sure we get to the closing table so you can get on to the next one. You see how that intentionality comes in? It's very specific. A lot of salespeople forget that or they're afraid to do that. It's very, very important that you let your audience know what exactly it is that you offer them and that you want to be the person they hire. Okay. If you walk into a dentist office and the dentist says, well, you know, looks like you got a bad tooth there. Boy, I'd love, love to try to take that for you. I'm, I think I can do a good job. <laughs> yeah. You're probably not going to be very confident in that dentist. It's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might, you might have an emergency call you got to run out to. That dentist comes and says, look, Logan, here's the deal. You, your L5 cuspid is, is this and this, and we need to do an emergency surgery. We're going to do this, this, and this. I'm going to take care of it for you. I'm going to have you out of here in an hour. Don't worry about a thing. That's how you want to feel. Your doctors make you feel that way. Your dentists make you feel that way. You want your clients to feel that way. They, they need to know that they're safe, that they're in good hands, and that the person that they're thinking about hiring for whatever it is that you're offering can handle it and can take care of it and wants to take care of it. I always let everybody know when I'm doing this, that I want to be the one that lends them their next deal. I want to be the one that, they, that I help invest into their next deal as a co-lender. I want them to be the one they hire uh, when they sell their house. Like, you know, if your sister-in-law needs to sell her house and she says, well, I don't know if we want to blend work and family. It's like, no, I'm the one that's going to handle this. Nobody else is going to handle the sale of your house. And that's how you, that's the approach that you want to have in sales so that you can prospect and build your pipeline. And after you do a great job, 10 or 20 or 30 times, guys, you're on, you're on your way. It's going to spin. It's going to snowball. And I love how intentional you are. And I love on top of that, the intensity in which you're displaying all of this emotion right now. Absolutely fantastic stuff. You are so right about the video, by the way. Like, I've been doing this for about a year now. You'd be amazed how comfortable you get on camera after just being used to it every day. But... Like even I was neglecting video. I just started posting reels the other day and I'm getting like 500 views each. And it's just like, wow, this is easy. And you mentioned people being afraid of losing followers. That is like the most nonsense in the world. Losing followers is fantastic because you just lost somebody that was never gonna buy from you anyways. It is so easy to replace them. There are 343 million people in America, I think. Um, <laughs> there's no shortage. I mean, there's just really not. Anybody that doesn't follow me, I don't care. They'll either come back later or they'll never come back. It doesn't matter because I have an audience and that's very clear. So the fact that anybody's watching, like Frank Kern teaches imperfect action, massive imperfect action. And as long as you get one like, you're good. As long as you get one like, you're good. And he's like, if you don't get one like, like it yourself and do it again the next day because it is all about consistency over time and nothing else matters. And like a lot of people worry about what people think about them and things of that nature. But ultimately, most people aren't spending a lot of time thinking about you anyways. Even if they're watching your content, it's just being top of mind. Like you said, being top of mind and providing value.
Well, you're doing that right now in this podcast. You guys are, are doing consistent podcast episodes. You're bringing on great guests and you're having great content. And over time, that continues to grow and grow. And that's why your followers are so are growing so quickly. And uh, not, that's why guys like like me are now subscribed to your show. You know, that's the way it works. Just go, 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 go. Keep getting, keep working, keep working, keep working. And eventually it grows. That's great. Absolutely, man. I'd love to talk a little bit more about private lending. Obviously, first off, one thing that comes up, it's so genuine to me. Like you actually enjoy the whole process. Like I could tell just by looking at you, you got that wall behind you. I assume those are all flips. Um, you actually enjoy the process. I used to enjoy the process. That, like you, I've worked on over 100 now and it's just like, it's so repetitive now. Um, <laughs> you had mentioned the, the Home Depot trips, like the last 10% of the job I feel like it takes 90% of the time half the time because you're just going back and back to the store. Um, the last week you're at Home Depot like seven times a day. You're buying one outlet switch and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> I, I, your passion comes through. So um, anybody out there listening, if they're looking to get some private money, are you only doing it in Michigan? Are you doing it national or what kind? What does that look like? Well, I'm trying to grow. I'm trying to grow uh, responsibly, but I, I can do loans. I can originate loans or broker loans in any any of the states. But uh, mainly where I'm looking to be is Michigan, Indiana right now as I grow the Midwest. But anybody who's interested in flipping a house that wants to learn more about the hard money lending process in general, obviously, again, specifically wants to do wants to borrow hard money, they should contact me and I can help them. But to get started to learn more about it, they can, you know, they can download my ebook. And that's a really good initial resource to help them learn about the process. I always believe in for, for building a sales funnel, helping people understand what it is that you have to offer them, why they need it, how it works. And then by design, by nature, you're by extension, you know, they're going to want to work with you. I, I, I've subscribed to this funnel all the time. If somebody teaches me how to do something, then I'm more likely to want to work with them because they are now the ones that I feel comfortable learning from. So for anybody that wants to do a hard money loan or borrow money to flip a house or to, to invest in a house, they can reach out to me. And uh, not only will I help them with understand the process and I'll help them understand the costs and the fees and how it all works, but I'll hold your hand through it if it's your first one. And I don't, I'm not afraid of that. So happy to help. So this is the Freedom Chasers podcast. I'd love to ask our guests, like, what does freedom mean to you? Uh, well, that's an easy one for me. Freedom for me is the ability to control my time. Um, and, and control my movement. So time and movement for me. I want to be able to be anywhere I want and go anywhere I want without any restrictions that are financial. Um, you know, financial freedom or independence is a different number for every every single person. For me, I've, I've already really achieved, you know, the ability to to control my time. I haven't been able to control all my movement yet. So I need to, I need to get a little bit more earnings to be able to you know, go anywhere I want. I'm joking about buying a private jet. And obviously that's a ridiculous goal, but um, the idea of controlling my movement is very important to me. My parents live in Florida. I live in Michigan. I want to be able to see them anytime I want. I'm so sick and tired of having to look at flights, you know, to see if I can get down there. So for me, it's for, I'm just silly, but for everybody, it's different. But for me, I want to be able to control my time. So I want to be able to be where I am when I want to be. In other words, I want to work as hard as I want when I want. I want to go see my daughter when I want. And then I want to eventually be able to be anywhere that I want anytime. So for me, that's what uh, freedom means. But, you know, I think for everybody it's different. And, and some people have really big goals and some people have little goals. Finley Capital is a eight-figure goal revenue for me. I'm, I'm going to turn Finley Capital into an eight-figure revenue business. And that's a hell of a statement to make, but I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it in the next five years. And I have a plan to do it. So every day when I come into work and every night when I go home, I'm working on that plan. So for me, chasing freedom to an extent, though, is the, is the ride and the process. Um, 
of getting to that ultimate goal because I'm really enjoying that process of growing this company and growing this business. So as long as I continue to enjoy it and I can control my time, that's I'm already there. I feel like I'm already there. <laughs> oh man, I can tell you're enjoying it. I'm just talking you eight figures is no small goal, man. Um, you mentioned you have a five-year plan to get eight figures. What is a broad strokes overview of what that plan looks like? Well, the first thing I'm going to do for Finley Capital is I'm going to grow it like a brokerage. So what I'm going to, my real estate brokerage, like I said, has about 50 agents. So it's a brokerage model where you have a broker on the top and the 50 agents in the, in the structure. And each one of them pays in a certain amount and they make the rest. And that's how that grows. The problem with the real estate brokerage model for me is I can't scale that. There's too much overhead to scale that model into multiple markets. I don't have the bandwidth or the energy to do that. But with, uh, private capital and, and lending money, it's completely different. So I'm limited in, in, in how much I can lend simply by how much I can raise from my investors. Okay. So my investors and myself, they put money in, we take that money and then we deploy it out. And there's an arbitrage between what we pay out and what, or what we pay out and what we charge. That's how the revenue is earned. Okay. But so let's say for every, uh, 10 million we raise, we can lend out 10 million. So to get from where I am now, which is about 9 million on the balance sheet to 120 million, I just need to get 10 million 12 times. That's all I got to do. And then what I'm going to do to deploy that is I'm going to build strategic relationships in the markets that I want to be in with loan originators and brokers there that generate deal flow that can, that can match that volume. Okay. So one of the things that I'm already doing on a small scale is I've hired loan originators, just like real estate agents, and they get commissions every time they bring in a loan. So I've formalized that process. I'm now marketing that process. And guess what? There's a loan originator group in my prospecting database that gets special messages from me that talk about loan originating. Okay. So that's the same thing. I'm prospecting to loan originators. If you go on my Facebook or my social media at Finley Capital right now, you're going to see videos talking about how to originate loans and how to work with Finley Capital to originate loans. So again, everything I'm doing in the vision to get there, all I'm really going to do is I'm going to scale one, you know, one $10 million uh, balance sheet. I'm going to do that 12 times or maybe maybe five, 20 times or whatever it ends up being. I don't know exactly. I just know roughly how I'm going to do it. Um, but I'm going to you do that by helping other loan originators earn a lot of money on commissions by doing that work and then, and then helping my capital partners, giving them the return and then ha having people help me raise capital. I'm building a debt fund right now. So that's going to formalize the way I raise money. So you got the front end, the capital, you got the middle, you got the operations. I'm building a beautiful custom software. I've been working on it for 13 months. I did this once for my real estate brokers and I promised myself I would never do it again, but here I am. Every twice a week on Zoom calls with my, 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 my software guy, Sam, but we're almost done. So I got the front end is the capital, the, the middle end is the operations, and then the back end, or, or if you will, the funnel, if you will, is loan originator partners. Okay. So everybody's going to make money. The guys in the middle flipping the houses are going to make the most money because they're going to make the most trips to Lowe's. The capital investors are going to get a nice, safe, consistent return. And then the borrowers are going to do well, but the loan originators are going to do well too. They're going to make commissions. So we're going to all the way across the value chain. We're going to, we're going to all get, um, we're going to get, we're chasing that freedom together. <laughs> Logan, man, anybody listening to the show right now, if they wanted to get in touch with you, what would be the best way for them to do so? You obviously are a man of tremendous knowledge and experience. Well, you can go to www.finleycapital.us, F-I-N-L-E-Y capital.us, or you can go to hardmoneyhandbook.com and download that ebook. I think that's very valuable for anybody who wants to learn about borrowing hard money. If you're interested in talking about the other side of that, you can reach out to me too. Um, and I'm on, I'm, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, all those places at Finley Capital. Another way people can connect with me is through the Finley Capital podcast. 
on Apple or Spotify. That's a great way to get to know me and learn more about the hard money lending process. I'm very proud of that. I'd love to have you uh, hop over there and subscribe to that podcast. Logan Ricchetti, thank you so much for giving us a glimpse into your life and into your business. And to those of you out there chasing freedom, freedom is acquired one action at a time. Check out hardmoneyhandbook.com. Pick no more than three of the strategies that we discuss on this show and take massive action. And as Logan said, just the referral strategy alone is all you need. Tell somebody that can help hold you accountable. And before you know it, you too will be living a life of freedom. So thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next one.